Greetings, Cap fans, and welcome to another episode of the Captain America Comic Book Fans Podcast. And uh, I believe this is episode 105. I, I say that because I'm all out of whack, but my name's Rick Verbonis. I'm your host, and I'm joined by the best gosh darn co-host out there. That is Bob Lucius. Hey, Bob. <sighs> Uh, uh, number one, I don't know where to go with that. Uh, and number two, I'm just grateful you remembered my name. <laughs> I always remember your name. Huh? <laughs> Come on. Well, you're, you're, the, you're, a, the, you're the best you've been, gosh darn coast out there. You've been a little confused lately. I have. I really have. So. Uh, any, any, what, anybody want to take a, a stab at the, well, I, I know it's not Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> So, I don't know. I, I'm drawing a big old fat blank on that one. Well, well, Bob, I mean, what if I told you the title to this was involved something, somebody walking down the street, somebody that kind I'd like to meet? <laughs> oh, you know what? It's on the tip of my tongue, Rick, but I'm drawing a blank. Oh, you, won't you pardon me? I couldn't help but see uh, that you look lovely as can be. I don't know. Rick. Are you lonely know. just like me? I'm sure I Pretty am. woman? Pretty woman. Yeah. Really? Pretty woman? That was Pretty Woman. Come on. I mean, that's like, uh, of, of all the songs yeah. out there, right? Like that, he made, he made that famous. Yeah, but... What year are we talking about here, Rick? Is it that oh old? Oh my god! I mean, I are don't you know. Kidding me? I, is Roy Orbison? He he sang that song. That I didn't realize that song was that old. How old? And how old is that, Bob? Well, I I we're we're going not back way way back to 1964, right? Oh, okay. You were paying attention. Okay. Yeah, but Roy, I didn't know. I didn't know it was. I didn't know the song was that old. Yes, in fact, uh, it was the number one song for three weeks uh, in October of 1964, which, if you were lucky enough to be on a comic book stand in October of 1964, you would have picked up Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos number 13. You know, Rick, I think, I think if I'm not mistaken, he, that song made a big, big comeback uh yes it did in the 80s early 80s yes there was a tv show and i think it was like the the song that was used on this particular tv show like Mm -hmm. and then and then he ended up being a guest appearance on that show and uh yeah yeah it it made a huge comeback in the early 80s I, Mm i i hey listeners in the Facebook group, go ahead and tell us what show that was, because now I'm I'm curious what that was. That's not the one I was thinking about, but yes, you're right. But it also was uh, on the. Uh... <laughs> I what? hesitate. I hesitate to bring this up. <laughs> oh, oh, really? But back Why? back in the late '80s, early '90s, mm-hmm. uh, Playboy magazine used to come out with Playmate of the Month video vhs cassettes and <laughs> pamela anderson who was uh, of course a playmate i can't remember uh-huh. what year that was a song on uh one of uh one of the performance pieces in, oh. on the pamela anderson vhs tape 
back yeah. in 1990, 1991, perhaps. Yeah. Oh, and you you read about that? Is that how you found yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone told me about it. And uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to- Water cooler talk? I need to check that out. I need to, I'm a, yeah, it's a good song. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, wasn't it also, I mean, wasn't it a Pretty Woman? Wasn't that movie? Wasn't it on that soundtrack? Oh, I would imagine it would be, right? Yeah, yeah I think with so. With Julia Roberts? Richard Gere, right? Yeah. 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 So- now here's an interesting. Are you a Roy Orbison fan? Uh, well, I can't say that I'm that familiar with a lot of the songs. I mean, I do okay. remember in the '80s uh, seeing him perform that song on TV or something, mm-hmm. and I, I remember he he had jet black <laughs> hair, right? But he right. was an old, older dude at that time, yeah. Uh, and so yeah, that's why I was confused. I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I knew it was not from the '80s or '90s, but I didn't realize it was from that early in the '60s. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, the reason he had the jet black hair and the sunglasses. Um, now, I, I somebody fact checked me on this, but I'm pretty sure he was an albino. And so he darkened his hair, mm. wore the sunglasses to kind of, you know, hide that fact. Okay. Um, but the man had such a stunning, stunningly beautiful voice. Um, you know, Traveling Wilburys. Do you remember them? I remember the name. Yeah. Okay. What an amazing band. Uh, George Harrison, Tom Petty, um, Bob Dylan, Roy Orbison, and Jeff Lynn from uh, ELO, wow. Electric Light Orchestra. Yeah. And um, they put out two albums. One of them, I think the first one was maybe late 80s, maybe 88, 89, something like that. Um, and their first hit was, uh, handle me with care. Hmm. Now here is a cool story behind handle me with care. Listeners, if you want, just go ahead and fast forward like 30, <laughs> 60 seconds. Cause this is, but this is a cool story. You're going to, you're going to miss out on this one. Yeah. Uh, George Harrison, obviously of the Beatles, he it. was, uh, the biggest name of that group. Right. So around that time, he had another album out, um, which I think it had the big hit for him it was cloud nine was the mm. album. And I think it had the, uh, the big hit. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I got my mind stuck on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right? So he was, he needed to get a beast to create a B side to a single. You guys remember that? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, like they made these 45 records and then even cassette tapes had, b-side singles he made this right so his producer's like all right you need to go ahead and make a a b-side song so he's at a restaurant and he's there with roy orbison and i want to say jeff lynn and he asks one of the two, and I can't remember which one, um, either Roy or, or Jeff, might have been Roy, and said, hey, would you mind playing on uh, a song for me? You know, um, I, need a, I need to make a song to, to do this B-side. And he said, yes. And then the other one, I think it was Jeff, said, can I tag along? Sure. Where are we going to record this? Oh, well, um, my buddy Bob Dylan has a studio in his garage we're gonna go over that great can i tag along excellent yeah oh i lent 
a guitar to Tom Petty. I need to stop there and pick up my guitar on the way. So they stop at Tom Petty's, get the guitar, tell them what they're doing. Tom's like, can I join? Sure. So they get there. And, and so they're all there to see, you know, uh, George Harrison do a song and he, and he's creating a song and they start all kind of, and it, it, if you ever listen to the song handling with care, it sounds like a George Harrison song. It's mostly George Harrison singing and they mm-hmm. all kind of do backups and a little bit of like a solo. Yeah. And so they all start to kind of play in with them. And, and he got the name handle me with care from a box that was sitting in uh, Bob Dylan's garage Yeah. and they make this song. So he sends it to his producer to uh, go ahead and say, you know, use this as the B side. And the B and the producer's like, "No way! This this is a hit. This is huge. There's no way. You know, you need to make, you need to get back with them and make a make an album out of like this. This stuff's yeah. great." And so that's what he said. He's like, wow. "Hey, do you guys want to make an album?" And they're all like, "Yeah, sure. We had fun. Let's let's do this." And then they come up with this theme of they're all five brothers and the family called the Wilburys and uh-huh. they all have these different, and they all have like, they're all pretend different to be different people. Yeah. Right. And then if you get the album and you read the album cover, it's like, you know, this brother, this, you know, his background, this brother's background and so on. And, um, and they had, you know, a few hits off that album and then they, they made another one, but it, I, oh I thought God. that was a great story. That's a great story. I mean, gosh, doggone it. You know? I love it. It's like that'd make a great movie, you know. It mm. sounds like uh, like one of those uh, Quentin Tarantino films. Yeah, right. You now we're all this just coincidences and synchronicities and people mm-hmm. running into each other. I love it. Yeah, yeah, it's a good good story. Oh, and what what are we covering again? I, I don't something. I think something about a comic book. If I'm not. Oh right, 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 right. Yeah. So talk about confused, Bob. Oh my goodness. So I I'm all confused. Bob might even be a little confused because we're all out of whack. Now we record these things usually two weeks in advance, right? So it gives me time to, to edit them and then get them ready for, for publication. So um, right now we're recording one Oh five. Normally we record Tuesday nights. Well, it's not Tuesday night. It's Wednesday night. Why? Well, cause Bob went out of town. We had a, we had to switch some things up. So I'm a little, I'm a little off because it's Wednesday. Number two, we haven't recorded 104 yet, right? We're out of we're out of whack because we, we we're recording 105, and then 104 is our guest Paulo Rivera, and because of his scheduling, we we we're going to record that next Tuesday, right? Uh, so I'm all out of whack on when things are are and all that stuff. So, bah, this morning. The new podcast comes out every Wednesday morning, just like new comic book day. 102, which came out this morning, which is the She-Hulk one, right? Where we did, you know, She-Hulk 8 through 10. Wonderful story. Uh, You know, that was supposed to come out September 21st, which is today. I also edited 103, which is the Mythos one shot we did. Uh, which is by Paul Jenkins and Paolo Rivera. That was supposed to come out Wednesday, September 28th, next Wednesday. And I got it mixed up, Bob, when I was doing my my editing and my, you know, I planned it. They both came out this morning. And I woke up 
and I'm doing some little promo on it. And I'm like, what the heck? What? what? <laughs> and then I had to like, I, had, I know. And I had to like send a little yeah. note because, because I'm worried, Bob. I'm worried because a lot, I don't know if like you're like me, but a lot of times like, oh, I just go on to uh, a favorite podcast and I go to the top and I go, oh, that's the new one. I'm going to read and you know, listen to that one. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping people don't miss out on the She-Hulk one because right. Mythos was on top of it. So right. folks, if you didn't, if you didn't listen to a story about She-Hulk defending Steve Rogers, go back and listen to 102. Great story. I mean, I love this story because it's a story about Steve Rogers, not only the depowered older, you know, Steve Rogers, um, but a story untold from his his youth right before he got the serum. So uh, great story. But anyway, oops. Well, it's a special bonus this week for a lot of folks. I know, but then next week they're going to be like, where's the new podcast? Yeah. I'm going to be like, sorry. <laughs> Maybe they'll take the time to uh, to discuss it on Facebook because they'll have more time to reflect on it before the next one comes out. Oh, that's what I'm going to totally do. I'm going to yeah. I'm going to post it next Wednesday on Facebook as if it's new. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Good strategy. Yeah. You never Makes know. Sense. Makes sense. So speaking of uh, listeners, we got another listener review on Apple Podcast, Bob. All right. Would you like to hear it? I certainly would. All right. Uh, this gets us up to 57 ratings. 56 are five-star, Bob. And you got that one. <laughs> uh, I'm still waiting for someone to come out and say, it was me. <laughs> um, all right. So... Uh, this one is from OC, the letters OC, Birdman, and the 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 subject line to this is like taking a master class in Cap Comics. Wow, I like that. I know, right? That's that's very high praise. Yeah. Uh, so he gives five stars, or she said gives five stars. Uh, they give five stars. And it reads, I've always had cap stuff like shirts, toys, etc., but never read the comics. <gasps> For shame. I goes on to write. I, I, I can't look, I'm, I, there's no there's no there's no judgment here. I mean, I just I'm thinking to myself mm. how glorious it must be. To have never like read a Cap comic and then to open one up and to have all of that out there waiting, you know? Yeah. It's like getting your virginity back. (laughs) Right? Um, (laughs) Crickets. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's awesome. (laughs) You you had me. You had me up to that point, Bob. (laughs) Uh, uh, so unfortunately so, that first one you read it's a little awkward and you got through it too fast yeah, yeah. I know, right? and then you apologize <laughs> after right. <laughs> uh, all right so uh, they go on to write i know that was it they're done <laughs> um no they go on to write loved when the movie started and discovered the facebook group 
and this podcast a few months back. I've really enjoyed learning about the comics and those who created them. I've now gone back and started reading the books from the beginning, currently on batch 160 to 175. Wow. And also reading the current Sentinel of Liberty run. I especially love listening to the shows featuring the issues I've just read or am about to read. Keep up the great work. I learn more and more each week. Thanks. Love that. Yeah. Well, and thank you, O.C. Birdman. We appreciate the review. We appreciate the five stars. And, uh, and, and you know, we appreciate I'm, the feedback. I'm going to say, you know, it, it's reviews like that that make it all worthwhile. I mean, that in the company car. Uh, <laughs> the matchbox. <laughs> right. <laughs> One of these days, Bob, when they surprise you, <laughs> send you a Captain America matchbox car. Yeah, the company car. Yeah, you're going to be like, oh, finally, the hard work paid off. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, listen, uh, out there, if you, if you have not done a five-star, uh, review on Apple, uh, or iTunes or whatever, please do so. Uh, we, we love hearing your feedback and, uh, it helps us get noticed. So, um, and you know, maybe we'll read it here on the, on the air. Um, all right, Bob. So let's talk about the comic, but before we get into the comic, let's talk about the characters. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So this is Sergeant Fury. And what's important about Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos 13 is that this is the first time that Captain America and, and Sergeant Fury meet. And um, obviously this is a, is a retcon, but, but is it really? I mean, you know, Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos was a, a period piece book. Right. It it, mm-hmm. it it featured Sergeant Fury in World War Two. And so um, they decided to, you know, write a story about Captain America during World War Two, having met um, Fury and his his commandos. And, you know, I, I say that like I, I don't think it's really a retcon because, um, you know, looking at the history here. Yeah, you know, I'm not a. I know Nick Fury is like your second favorite character, right? Mm-hmm, right. I, and I don't know if you knew this. I certainly didn't. But you know, his first appearance was in Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos number one. Right. Uh, yeah. That had a published date of May 1963. Um, so, 
to this point, you know, issue 13, he had actually only had his appearances in this series. And then in Fantastic Four 21, also as a flashback to, to that time period. Right. And so modern day Nick Fury wasn't around at the time that um, this issue came out. You know, right. it wasn't until uh, a little later, you know, in Strange Tales. And that didn't happen until, um, you know, halfway through 1965. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah, no, I agree with you, Rick. I, I, I don't think technically I would not characterize this as a retcon because it's not, I mean, when you think about retcon, like who are you retconning, right? And in this case, are we retconning Captain America? And no, right? Because it's not taking him out of uh, his timeline in any way. It's not changing his timeline. We know that Cap fought in the European theater. It happened in uh, the Golden Age Tales, right? So we know that he was there until the point where uh, he and Bucky were, were thrown off the drone. And so this very well just could have been another adventure that happened during that time frame. So it's not technically a retcon. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're on the same page there. Right. Um, and, and this is only in in modern time, because I, I don't want to, you know, Captain America comics, you know, the, the golden age uh, series we're not talking about here, but in modern day time, you know, when he came back in Avengers number four, this is only like his 20th appearance, give or take. Um which I thought was really interesting because, you know, he was in by the time that he from from Avengers four until this issue, you know, Sergeant Fury number 13. Um, this was around the time Avengers 11 came out and Tales of Suspense 60. OK, mm-hmm. so up until this point, he was in Avengers four through 10. He was in like three issues of Fantastic Four, 25, 26 and 31. He made an appearance in Journey into Mystery, 105. Uh, made a couple appearances in Tales to Astonish, 58 and 59. He made a couple appearances in Amazing Spider-Man, so in issue 18 and then annual number one. And then he even made an appearance in X-Men number nine. And then only his appearance uh, of his own quote-unquote series, not even really was Tales of Suspense 59, which he, you know, obviously was Iron Man still, and then 60 when it, when it, so he was like, he was like the Wolverine of 1964. He was everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, they wanted to put him in everything. Well, uh, I, that's, that's, that's surprising, Rick. I, I, I didn't know that Cap had been in that many titles, uh, particularly uh, early on in the X-Men and uh, in, uh, Spider-Man as well. That's that's uh, that's news to me. So, I, I would definitely have to go back and take a look at those titles. Yeah, it's interesting because you know this issue that we're covering is considered to Cap fans a key issue, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, like uh, a lot of people put this up there with with uh, Strange Tales and um, you know Avengers Four. I mean, obviously that's the biggest one, right? But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but uh, you know a lot of people this is a key issue, and I'm curious why some of these others aren't you know uh you know like the the fantastic four or the journey to mystery or or that x-men so yeah um 
Did, yeah. did I haven't read those, but you know, if you have, uh, did did Cap have a a pronounced role in those books, or was I don't know. it more of a you know in and out sort of thing? I don't know. Yeah, I'm gonna check that out. I'm, I'm curious now. I, I that was, that's that's a surprise to me. So, mm-hmm. um, but you know, this is an answer to the greatest reader demand in Marvel history. So maybe that had something to do with it. Yes, yes, it does say that on the on the cover right oh so it does yes uh it says guest starring captain america and bucky and has captain america in its red white and blue logo um and then in parentheses as you pointed out an answer to the greatest reader demand in marvel's history which is hyperbole yeah i'm gonna have to see the uh, the statistics on that yes yeah. just like they, they said uh... You know, due to the greatest demand <laughs> ever, we're bringing back Captain America in uh, Avengers Four. Yeah. You know, as a, as a, in in reference to the the strange uh, adventures, the strange adventures, strange tales, strange tales, strange tales. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, though, I I, I am curious now because now you piqued my interest, right? I mean, was it an answer to the greatest reader demand in Marvel's history? Maybe that's hyperbole, but. I, I am going to have to go back now um, and read the previous three or four issues to see if there were any letters in there calling for Cap's appearance in this title. You do that, Bob. <laughs> I I'll love report, it. I'll report I, back. I love it when you do research for one of our episodes, <laughs> even though it will be post-research. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Yes. The flame doesn't die. Right. Yes. Yeah. Because because, you know, we're not going to talk about this issue again. So it's kind of like no one's ever going to follow up. if Bob actually did did oh. what he said he was going to do. Oh, I'll, I'll go on the Facebook. Rick, I you know, you were like the Plutarch to the me. What? Your, the Plutarch, right. The, who said that education is, you know, the mind is not a vessel to be filled. It's a flame to be kindled. And you are kindling my flame, my thirst for knowledge. And so I'm going to I'm going to do that research for you. And I'm going to post it in the Facebook group when you post this episode. And then we will see. Ah, okay. Is it indeed yeah. an yeah. answer right. to the greatest listen, reader listen. demand? Yeah, I'm not a Plutarch. <laughs> You're a Plutarch. I'll tell you, what Plut- you can do with, tell you what you can do with your Plutarch. I got your Plutarch right here. <laughs> <laughs> now I have to Google Plutarch. Ah, stick it right up your Socrates. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say something about Plato and Uranus, but <laughs> well, that's, that's Pluto. A and... show. That's, that's Pluto that's... and Uranus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, goodness. All wow. right. So, yeah, getting back to that cover, uh, you know, it also says um, underneath that, um, displaying the thrills and action which made them the overwhelming stars of the golden age of comics which is captain america and bucky so we have um you know the top one uh, maybe 25 percent of the uh is is the title right it's it's a big title because it's sergeant fury and his howling commando so it's a lot of words and um and they have that and then the underneath that we have cap leading the charge and then behind him is sergeant fury the Howling Commandos and Bucky uh, in battle running behind him. They're firing 
And then, of course, everybody who's firing at them is all aiming directly at Captain America's shield. Very fortuitous. Yeah. Rick, Rick were, you a, were you a fan of this title? Have you ever read Don't this Don't Plutarch title? me, Bob. <laughs> Seriously, folks. Have you, were you a fan at any time of, of Sergeant Fury uh, and his Halloween commander? I was not a World yeah. War II uh, aficionado. Yeah. Um, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say no to it if like someone gave me some free comics, you know what I mean, when I was a right. kid. Yeah. But I, I didn't go out searching it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Just curious. Just, I mean, it was a popular time. It lasted for a long time. I've read what, 120 really issues, right? I mean, so what? clearly about 120 Issues, oh, I, I thought you said 20. <laughs> no, 120. And uh, yeah, no, I, I like the title. I enjoyed the title. Uh, um, but I, I mean, I, I come from a military background. So I always wondered, well, maybe that's why, you know, I mean, I wonder if, uh, and this was coming, well, it was several years after Korea. And so perhaps there was still that lingering, but I think people were tired of war after World War II and Korea. And so it surprises me that this title lasted as long as it did uh, for that time frame. But Nick Fury was so popular. He had, you know, another mm-hmm. series going on at the True. same time, but it was modern time, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. different feel. Yeah. 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 It was more of a spy type thriller type of mm-hmm. type of thing. Yeah. I think I got a little bit more into that. All right. So let's talk about the Halley Commandos, Bob. Um, mm-hmm. One of one of our uh, members of our Facebook page, um, his name is Alan Brown, and he um, he does a a biweekly blog on tour.com, which is tor.com, and um, it's called Frontlines and Frontiers, and he reviews classic science fiction and fantasy books. Uh, looking at the front lines and frontiers of the field, books about soldiers and uh, spacemen and scientists and engineers, adventurers. Um, so normally it's books, but he actually did a review of this particular comic. So it's kind of cool if you want to check it out. I know there's a link for it in the in the Facebook page if you want to look up uh, Alan Brown. But the um, so he kind of gets into uh the Howling Commandos, and he and he gives a a, a little bit example of them. But before I get into that, he also does touch on the backgrounds behind the creators of this, which is Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. And you know, for most listeners, they need no introduction, right? They are the the architects of of the Marvel comics, you know, uh, and, and, and Jack Kirby was a co-creator of Captain America himself back in 1941. Um, so, but both of them very interesting. I don't know if everybody knows this, but, uh, both of them did serve in World War II. So they do have some experience, uh, during that time, uh, of being, you know, in the military. And so I think a lot of what they they write and and uh, create here in Sergeant Fury's series is uh, coming a little bit from, you know, their background and from their their comrades' backgrounds and things like that. So, so that's pretty interesting, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I, you know, now that I think of it, there there were some very popular television shows on at this time uh, that dealt with 
similar sorts of themes. And, and I remember uh, in particular watching combat reruns. Do you remember those reruns? Combat? Was, combat. I don't know. Yeah, there were a couple of versions of combat and I can't remember who was the star in the first sort of I was more in, I was more into Mikhail's Navy. Okay, yeah, Mikhail's Navy, you know. But that was a comedy. It was, it was. Uh, combat had, I can't, as again, again, I don't remember who, who was originally in it, but Vic Morrow mm-hmm. uh, sort of became the, the, the star of the show in the iteration that I remember. But the show ran from 1962 to 1967. And, uh, and I'm pretty sure it took place during uh, World War II European theater. And it was a very popular show. Mm-hmm. I mean, the reruns were running into the 70s when I remember watching it as, as a kid and really being into it. So, so this book was contemporaneous with, you know, what was happening on, on television. And I'm sure there were several other shows in addition to combat that, that, that still were, you know, uh, leveraging World War II and, and career in the public consciousness. You said Rainius. <laughs> so the uh yeah i mean there was a lot of stuff on tv back then yeah. but i recall i mean i mentioned mikhail's navy god tim conway is Classic he not stuff. a master yeah oh yeah. man he was fantastic yeah. you know one of my favorite shows from reruns hogan's heroes great show right great show. yeah oh that was that was phenomenal that's, that's where it. i learned all my german yeah well good for you yeah you know <laughs> schnell Schnell, Akatun Dumbkopf. You know, like I, uh, that's yeah. all the German I, I learned. Right. You know. right. Hogan, please. <laughs> um, you know, Baba Black. See nothing. Yes. It's called it's called a Schultz, right? right. Whenever you, whenever you do a Schultz, it's I see nothing. <laughs> Colonel Hogan, please. Uh, Baba Black Sheep. Blah, blah, blah. I was just watching that the other night, as a matter of fact. I think oh, that, that was from really the, the, the 70s, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Great show, Robert Conrad. Uh huh. Yeah, lots of great shows. Uh, so I think, you know, yes, they drew on their own experience too, but they were definitely leveraging uh, what folks were seeing on TV at the time mm-hmm. too and, and capitalizing on uh, the popularity, I think, of those shows. Yes. So Alan goes on to uh, talk about each of the Howling Commandos. So you know, I thought we'd uh, we talk about these, and I'll, I'll go through these real quick. Okay. Okay. So, so there's Captain Happy Sam Sawyer, who gave the commanders their missions. Uh, Sergeant Nick Fury, who I think we all know, he's the mm-hmm. leader. You know, um, Corporal Dum Dum Dugan, a former circus strongman who wore a striped shirt under his uniform and a bowler hat with his corporal stripes affixed. Private Dino Manelli. Now, he was a Hollywood star who refused special treatment, wanted to serve on the front lines. His acting skills and knowledge of German and Italian often proved handy. Private Gabe Jones. It was an African-American jazz musician who played the bugle calls during the attacks. Uh, and, and here's an interesting side note. I don't know if this is true, but this is what he wrote. At this point in history, there were no mixed race units in the army, but Lee decided to ignore that fact in order to promote diversity. I like that. I do like that as well. Private Izzy Cohen. He was the everyman of the unit, an ordinary Jewish guy from Brooklyn, an auto mechanic by trade, and the only team member consistently shown wearing his helmet. Private Reb Ralston, 
He was a spirited Southerner from Kentucky. He taught the others to yell that, that gave the unit its name. He was a skilled horseman, sometimes used a lasso and wore a distinctive fatigue hat with the brim pinned up. Private Junior Juniper, the youngest member of the unit who was lost in one of their earliest missions. Driving home the point that survival of any of the characters was not guaranteed. Eric Cohen, he was an anti-Nazi German defector who joined the unit later in their adventures. And then lastly, Private Percival Pinkerton. He was a British soldier added to the unit to replace Juniper, who passed. Uh, Pinkerton wore a red beret and an ascot and always carried an umbrella. Now, in later years, Alan writes, Stan Lee revealed that he considered him one of the first gay characters in Marvel Comics, although that was not mentioned at the time the comics were appearing. So I found that interesting. So I did a little research on that, Bob. Uh-huh. So it turns out that that's a little bit debated. Um, that, that, that Lee said it or... No, that Lee was being accurate. So he he stated that Percival was gay in an interview uh, with on the media, mm-hmm. and it's but some people say it's contradicted by Percival's backstory, which was written by Stanley, where he was portrayed as a quote unquote skirt chaser. And then I went into um, an article. That was on uh, CBR.com. And, and the article is Comic Book Legends Revealed, number 520. We hear Stanley says, quote, well, I'm not going to get into that. But the book I mentioned years ago that I did, Sergeant Fury had a gay character. One member of the platoon was called, I think, Percy Pinkerton. He was gay. He didn't make a big issue of it. In this comic book that I read, the word, the word gay wasn't even used. He's just a colorful character who follows his own different drummer he follows a different beat but we're not proselytizing for gayness um so some people are you know then show um him you know pinkerton talking about you know being uh, a ladies man and and so on um and that maybe stan lee was just kind of you know saying this much 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 later after the fact um, who knows? Who knows what the, the right It's not mutually is. exclusive, right? I mean, people yeah. who are gay often try to uh, act straight around their peers who may not, you know, be accepting. So, yeah, you know, who knows, right? I mean, but it's hard to, I mean, it's hard to argue with what Stanley says, uh, and uh, and peer into his mind, you know, forty years previous to it. Uh, it seems like a, a lot, uh, a lot about nothing, but yep. But I do appreciate the sentiment. Yeah, sure, right? absolutely. So I'm, I'm willing to go with that. And, and one other note before we actually get into the comic, um, in issue of Captain America 383, which uh, had a cover date of March of '91. If you saw the cover, Bob, and I think most Cap fans would recognize this cover it was like a i think it was a 50th anniversary cover of captain america and it was by um 
Ron Lim and then inked by Jim Lee. And it's a, it's a, it's like a golden cover and he's standing outside holding a flag. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a pretty famous cover for cat yeah. fans. Um, in that issue is a, another version of this story that we're about to do. This version is, of course, told from Sergeant Fury's point of view. The story that's done in Captain America 383, uh, which is done by Tom DeFalco and Ron Friends, is told from Captain America's point of view. And so it actually fills in some of the missing pieces in here uh, that we're about to get into. Mm-hmm. So I highly recommend if uh, you know you guys read this story or you're listening to us and you enjoy the story and you want to you want to see the other point of view on that, check out uh, the story in Captain America 383. Interesting. Interesting. I do want to ask, Rick, before, I mean, I, we're, of course, we're dragging on. We haven't gotten to the book yet, but I do want to ask the, the listeners. Uh, I'm going to throw a little, I'm going to throw a little hand grenade in the room here. And uh, we talked about uh, Stanley, Jack Kirby capitalizing on their experiences, right? Uh, to write this book. We talked about some of the things going on in popular culture at the time, particularly on TV. Um, but you know, what, what about the, the elephant in the room? What about Sergeant rock over at DC? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, was this a response? Was this book a response to the popularity of Sergeant rock? I don't know. Discuss amongst yourselves listeners. And, uh, I'd like to hear your comments in the Facebook group. I would too. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't really take a look to see when, what came out when, like, when did Sergeant rock come out? Uh, well, he, I mean, his first appearance was, I think, technically around, I think, 1959. So uh-huh. the, he, he had been, he'd been used a number of times. And I think he already had a book out by, uh, I think, Our Army at War or something was already out by then. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's hear that. Oh, and one other thing. Talk about a retcon, though, Bob. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I mentioned before, uh, I had the writer Daniel Way in my store uh, for a book signing. Uh, and Daniel Way at that time was writing uh, a series called Wolverine Origins. Great story. Yeah. No, 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 not the miniseries. Oh, okay. uh, that's the Paul Jenkins uh, oh, yeah. that I had in the store for that. Yeah, that's so, right. Uh, Wolverine Origins uh, was the ongoing series that mm-hmm. kind of did various things um, to kind of look at Wolverine exploring his past well one of them in issue 18 is a story of uh nick fury and captain america meeting for the first time um in north africa in november of 1941 um so if you if you like this story and you want to see some more of cap and fury together Mm -hmm. in in world war ii check out wolverine origins 18 i will check that out tonight Bob, should we get to the comic? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, will you stop? I thought we did it already. You just yap, yap, yap. (laughs) All right. It's Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. And what's the title to this story, Bob? What is the title to this story? Fighting side by side with Captain America and Bucky? (laughs) It wasn't a question, Bob. (laughs) It has an exclamation point. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not a it's not a what if story bob <laughs> it's a good point it's a good point it does have an exclamation point 
well, now I'm 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 spent <laughs> with Captain America and and Bucky. <laughs> Oh, oh goodness. Right. So it's a big splash page of a uh of a movie theater in watching a black and white serial of Sergeant Fury and his Howling Commandos. And in in there is uh you know, and this is in, in, in England, right? And so we it's um and by the way, I know we said it was written in and drawn by Stanley and Jack Kirby, but um it was inked by Dick Ayers and lettered by Artie Simic. And it says, this epic is so great that it needs no long introduction. You're now at a cinema in wartime Britain watching the newsreel. Got it? Then let's go. And so it's just a a bunch of people um, just politely, quietly watching. And the next page, and we get a uh, Sergeant Fury all in his his, uh, dress uniform, right? Uh, Sitting with his lovely companion uh lady pamela hawley who is from britain and nick's a, a little little annoyed because he said if 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 this was america pam everyone in the theater would be applauding and whooping it up for the old howlers and she's like oh but you know you know how reserved we are you know it's poor taste to display too much emotion in public and then they cut to Captain America and Bucky in the newsreel and everybody starts applauding and, and good show. They'll get those Nazis. What for here, 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 bully for you chaps and so on. And, and they're leaving. What? Well done. Good show, chap. Good show. Pip, pip. So anyway, uh, they're leaving and, and Sergeant Fury's he's got he's got his feelings hurt, Bob. Yeah, he's you know? kind of he got, he's ruffled. He really is. Uh, and he's uh, so the British don't like to display too much emotion in public, huh? What do you call that, lady? Ham fat? <laughs> now there's one you don't hear much anymore. I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what the hell that means. But I'm using it this week. I'm going to work <laughs> that into a conversation. Mark my words. Ham fat. Uh, and you know, so, uh, she just kind of, you know, tells him, you know, don't worry about it. It's Captain America. So new, but his reaction is sure. Sure. Maybe I ought to wear a nutty mask with two cornball wings on it too. Fooey. <laughs> so they get into the pub and they're in there and, um, we have the two of them sitting and enjoying some tea. Uh, but busting into this pub is uh, a bunch of a bunch of American soldiers, right? And uh, also sitting there, there is a, uh, uh, a a blonde corporal that is just uh, enjoying his uh, looks like some coffee or something like that. And this guy comes up, uh, Sergeant Bull McGivney. Now I don't know, Bob. Is he a, a regular character in this series? Are we supposed to know who he is? Uh, Sergeant Bull. Uh, you know, I can't remember, Rick. I do think I do think he pops up every now and again as sort of the bull in the china shop. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he, he's got one of those faces you hate, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, mm-hmm. you know, he just looks like a real jerk, you know? And he's, 
he's brawny. He's got, he's got, you know, a five o'clock shadow. He's got a big cigar in his hand and he knocks the hat off of Steve Rogers. Who's just sitting there enjoying his coffee. Hey, dog face. What are you doing in my chair? Your chair. Soldier, I'm Bull McGivney, and any chair I want to sit in is my chair. Tuck in your gut when a non-com talks to you, Yardbird. Get them shoulders back. Now bend down and pick up your hat. Move. And so, you know, poor old Steve, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's. He's bracing at attention. Yeah. 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 And, and, And then he's not moving. And he's, and he says, uh. I heard you, McGivney. You're breathing in my face. But Fury notices this. That rookie's got nerve, but McGivney will tear him apart. All right, Big Mouth, you've had your fun. The party's over now. And so the two of them about to get into a, a you know, a fight, standing over a fallen Steve Rogers got kicked in the butt. And then next thing you know, there's a brawl. And so they go through and Hey, who who shows up unexpectedly, Bob? It's the commandos. Yeah. And and they're even saying Wahoo. Wahoo. Their their signature uh their signature call. Yeah. So they come in uh and they're they're there's a big old brawl, right? Um MPs show up, take them away. Now they cut to next, and we are with Captain America. Um you know, finishing putting on his uniform, and we got a Bucky sitting on the the bench talking to him, and they uh, they're talking about the, a mission um, that they have to go on um, outside of London, and he basically says uh, to Bucky, uh, when referring to Nick Fury, uh, if we should need help later, I would be proud to fight alongside Fury and his commando squad. Why it's so important for us to sneak into Nazi land, Cap? The High Command is concerned about the secret arms built up there. We've got to learn what they're building up for. It could mean an invasion of Britain. So they go into a silent sub, which, wow, look at that, Bob. It it says it snakes its way through a Nazi minefield. Mm. I always thought those were cool when I was a kid, right? Those those floating bombs, you know, those big... Mm -hmm round bombs yeah have little things on them so if you run into it it just blows up yep still use them do they really they do where in the in the ocean well thanks bob (laughs) not in the sink oh okay no they i mean there's hey what what works works right i mean uh yeah i mean it's not as if they are difficult to detect but they are difficult to remove. And so even if you can see them, it sometimes prevents uh, an obstacle to transit. And so it's a cheap cost-effective way to, to, to block, you know, a port or, or a channel or something like that. Do, do they, do we have them around our country? Like, do we have the Atlantic and Pacific ocean? No, we don't normally deploy them during peacetime. Um, And in fact, because they are a highly restricted uh, munition, just like landmines Mm -hmm. uh, would be. And so it's very easy to lose track of, of where they are. Yeah. Just (laughs) for for landmines. Right. But of course we can remote detonate our own 
uh, assuming everything is working as planned. But they do, I mean, they do lay them down in blockades. And look, I, I had uh, friends of mine, of course, it, it's, 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 it's fairly dated now, but during the Gulf War, I had friends of mine uh, on, a, uh, on uh, a, an aircraft carrier that struck a mine in the Persian Gulf. I mean, they barely felt it. Uh, but they all received a combat action ribbon for that engagement. Uh, but so they're out there in the Persian Gulf. Uh, they're quite they're used quite prolifically by Iran. So, yeah, they're still there. So uh, Cap and, and Bucky get on the raft and they're rowing um, to the coastline and they are climbing up the, the cliff and there are some German soldiers patrolling. Was ist das? I thought I heard something down below. You were getting jumpy, Manfred. Manfred. And I, and I love Cap's thought balloon here. At a boy, Fritz. Keep telling Manfred he's getting jumpy. And then they use uh, the cable to wrap around the soldiers and pull them into the ocean. Now, here's one of the things I found. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about this. Um, because again, I don't read a lot of comics from the sixties very often. So I don't, I can't compare it to other comics from the sixties, but the, there's a lot of smart assery in this story. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, uh, mm-hmm. th- th- there's a lot of juvenile humor. As uh-huh. far as like, you know, talking back and forth in this false bravado kind of thing, uh-huh. you know, and I don't know, is is Stan writing this because that's in his mind how they talked in the 40s or is that how they talked in the mid 60s and he's adding it to the story? I don't know. I'm guessing the former. I I. I think it's a perennial way of talking in the military. Okay. So, yeah. I do think this sort of banter, uh, even like in these sorts of situations is fairly common. Um, so, so I, I do think, you know, that's what they've, you know, more so Jack Kirby, frankly, than, than Stan Lee, because I don't think Stan Lee served in, in Europe. Um, but but certainly they would have been exposed to this sort of um, what you call juvenile, juvenile uh, banter. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think they're sort of channeling that a little bit from, okay. from their military experience. Yeah. I mean, cause I think I, here, here's, here's where comics can be a bad influence. Uh-huh. Cause I think a lot of some of the smart assery that I had kind of, I got picked up from stuff like this. You know what I mean? And my my this right. my mom's side of the family, all incredibly sarcastic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if that's like an Irish thing because my mom's hundred percent Irish. I kind of got that impression. It was like, uh-huh. you know, and if you got picked on, you know, with those kind of comments, it meant they loved you. Right. You know what exactly. I mean? That's how it was in my family too. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. And, yeah. and and I was not only the youngest of five kids, I was the youngest of all the cousins. Yeah. So guess who got picked on the most? <laughs> right. Right. So yeah. I had to, and, and, you know, listeners, in case you don't know this, 
I'm not exactly the tallest guy, right? So I've always been kind of short. And you add that to the youngest. Uh, I had to develop a very sharp wit very mm-hmm. quickly uh, to defend myself and my family. Yeah. And I don't think these comics helped. You know what I mean? It fed it, huh? Yeah. You know? I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, how, that's how tough guys talk. Yeah. You know? Right. You know? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because here it goes, right? Uh, so, welcome to the mainland, Mr. Barnes. Glad to be aboard, Mr. Rogers. Say, there's not much gas in this cycle cap. We won't need much, little friend. I just wanted to use our Nazi's friend's motorbike to plow a path through that barbed wire force. They'll never miss it while they're floundering below in the drink. And then they start firing. And this is where I think the... Uh, the, the Marvel way of doing art comes in. I think Jack drew a lot of these action scenes and then made the stand kind of explain them because, right. you know, he just got rid of the motorcycle. Yeah. And then two frames later, they're on a motorcycle. Yeah. And so he has stands writing cap going, hang on partner. Good thing. These krauts are up to their swastikas and motorcycles. We're in the clear now cap. Why don't we slow down? Not till we reach the next road, Bucky. I want to check the convoy. Convoy I hear approaching. Remember that song? Convoy. Oh, oh, I love that song. Yeah, I had that one on a 45, buddy. Yeah? Did you put the hammer down? (laughs) So so they're watching this convoy go by. And then we cut back to uh, the the Howling Commandos uh, at the British home base. And they're all practicing. Um, uh, (laughs) Or as, or as my kids would like to say, they're rehearsing. Uh, right. Yes. Same thing. Same difference. Yeah. Yeah. But they're 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 doing. You know, what you describe it, Bob. Well, they're they're doing hand to hand combat training, right? So uh, you've got uh, the different howling commanders paired up, doing various uh, judo flip uh, <laughs> and uh, karate chop, and so they're they're rehearsing, right? Hand to hand combat. Yeah, and and here's all that comp, uh, uh, that dialogue that I was the, talking the about. The smartassery, yes, yeah, right, which right. I also be using later this week. Yes, yes. Uh, you mean you mean week? <laughs> <laughs> you mean tonight? Uh, <laughs> so you got Nick flipping dum dung, and he and he's like, "Oh, I have a heart, sir. We're all in the same army. I hope." Stop squawking, dum dum. If you're lucky, you'll land on your head. And then we got uh, uh, Reb and um, Dino going at it. Gently, Gabriel, gently. You know what a ruddy tiger I am when I'm angered. You don't get that bland umbrella out of my face, Percy. I'm going to skin me a tiger. Okay. Um, So then we see that uh, Happy Sam, the captain, is walking up. And he starts giving... Uh, giving them all a hard time and comes across who's the guy on the ground? Is that Izzy? Is he, Maybe it's Izzy. 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 Yeah, he's, 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 he's playing with Gabe's uh, bugle and mm-hmm. and then he flips him and then he's uh, he's, he's saying to, to the Fury that he's got a mission, mission for him, right? Um, we cut to uh, uh, Germany and we see these German soldiers uh, moving through the streets 
a a bunch of uh, slave labor and the uh the commander yells at one of the soldiers keep your convoy moving you will stop for nothing we must get these slave laborers to their destination before any allied observer plane can sight us yelvol mein herr commandant uh and and bob i can tell you um from watching hogan's heroes he's saying uh you know yes you know my my commander <laughs> well done on the yeah. translation Barry. yeah yeah <laughs> uh, but unseen by the nazis two colorful red white and blue figures watch the scene below with mounting interest and apprehension slave laborers from the captain nations of poland czechoslovakia and france what can the Nazis be using them for here near the coast? There are no large factories here for them to work in. Most of them are holding shovels. I wonder why. Keep moving, Bucky. There are no operating mines in this area, so it must be something else. Are you thinking what I'm thinking, Cap? I'm afraid so. And if we're right, we'll have to send for the howlers fast. Uh, so then they come across... Um, the German soldiers who have a bunch of American pilots who uh, were prisoners and they're about to um, fire on them, but Cap and Bucky come and save the day and Cap throws a shield. Bucky's in there fighting, but it's just the two of them against the whole, you know, I don't know if it's a platoon, but it's certainly a large amount of soldiers there. And a lot of great, jack kirby action right mm -hmm. little right you know the way he he throws i mean i mean look at these soldiers that are you know falling down you know there's uh you know cap's shield hits his hand uh then other guy that hits him at the shield then ricochets hits a guy in the head um just some really cool action cap coming in doing a nice punch um and then there's a guy with a, a rifle grenade who's firing, but Cap does a little handstand and splits his leg. So from you're looking at him from behind and, you know, just these are some cool angles that, you know, Jack Kirby was well known for. And he's yeah. in his he's in his, you know, heyday at this point. He sure is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I want to say. Gosh. Stan Lee, I think when they were when they were, they were doing this book, Stan Lee was about forty two, and Jack Kirby was about thirty seven. Hmm. Right, so they're 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 kind of they're kind of in their heyday. Hmm. Um, so they they Bucky, you know, um, saves the the pilots, you know, un undoes their binds, so they go and they, they help out you know with the battle against these german soldiers and at some point you know they and and, and by the way soldiers are dying here right um you know german soldiers are dying because these guys are shooting them bucky was shooting them um you know this is definitely a war comic right this isn't uh superheroes this is wartime and and you, you do see people uh, being shot off panel right and then you yeah. see their bodies you know uh on the ground afterwards uh cap comes up and says 
Head for the coast, men. There's a sub waiting two miles west of here. Give them this message. Send the howlers to Cap. Got it? Sure, but what about you and Bucky? Don't worry. We're old hands at this. Okay, then. If Cap says go, let's go. They're heading for the coast. That's our cue, Bucky. We still got to find out what the Nazis are planning here. So move, partner. There's one thing you'll, you'll, you and I will never die of, Cap, and that's boredom. And then you see Cap knocking over, um, you know, a machine gun, and you see, a, you know, one of those boxes that have the belt in it. Um, pretty cool stuff. So then we cut to uh, back in Britain where Fury and the Commandos are, you know, finishing up their, uh, their three-mile hike back, you know, for maneuvers. Knock off the grunting and groaning, you meatballs. A little run up and down a mountain with a full-filled pack never killed anybody. It merely makes one wish it did. There's Happy Sam waiting for us up ahead. Look alive, all of you. I don't want him to think I'm ramrodding a parcel of Girl Scouts. Well, well, there wasn't my happy little howlers, all back from their merry maypole dance. Fall out, you gold bricks. And they, uh, they're all exhausted. Fury, follow me. I want to see you in my orderly room. Listen, Captain, when the ding-dong blue blazes, are we going to see some action around here? Fury? Don't raise your voice to your commanding officer. You don't make old Happy Sam sad, do you? Uh-oh. He's talking gentle. That means trouble. A call just came in from division. You've been urgently requested across the channel by Captain America. What? Who's that fancy pants costume clown think he is? Requesting me? Shut up, soldier. I'm still talking. Your loving captain has been trying to get promotions for you dog faces for weeks. But HQ keeps passing us by. Think of the publicity we'll get if you help that mass glory hound. Division will give us whatever we ask for. And I'll be able to prove we're more soldier than he could ever be. And so, a short time later, having been dropped by chute, the Hallers once again trudge across Festung Europa. What does that mean, Bob? Uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Rick, that means Fortress Europe. Ah. Uh-huh. I only know that, of course, because there's a note by Stan and Jack telling oh, me so. Oh, okay. That wasn't common, <laughs> common lingo. <laughs> Stay awake, you meatheads. This is the area we were supposed to head for. Anything's liable to happen. Yeah? I'd like to see Betty Grable pop out from behind a fence post. A lot of good that would do you, dum-dum. You ever start blushing like a turnip when you see Minnie Mouse in a movie? <laughs> Keep moving, you guys. Dum-dums throw himself flat on the bar while so you won't scratch your little footsie stepping over it. If I had known corporals do this, I'd stay at a private. Corporals do that, Bob? I've never had a corporal do that for me. So then we cut to the Germans being uh, snuck up on and attacked by the, uh, the Howling Commandos. To make short work of them, and they continue to go, but one of them is not completely out, and he has a uh, hand grenade, and he goes ahead and he throws this, and it ends up blowing up, and it hurts um, Gabe. Got his his, you know, his leg got cut up pretty bad. Um, so they're being attacked, and 
um, Sarge is like, okay, uh, Izzy, you, you, you go ahead and you take Gabe, you know, uh, back to the, the rendezvous sub and go back to England. And that's an order. So all of a sudden they lost two of them. Right. Um, and then no sooner does is manage to half carry the injured Gabe out of sight towards the coast, a well-armed Nazi anti-infiltration patrol burst upon the scene. That's such a thing, Bob, a anti-infiltration patrol. Uh, I guess they would just call it a, a, a reconnaissance patrol. I don't know why I, I've never heard of anti-infiltration patrol, but I, I mean, it probably was a term back in World War II that they that they were drawing on. Commandos, head them towards their flamethrower. There's only a handful. I've got them easy. Commandos, bah, what can they do against their might of their Third Reich? But Dum Dum and Dino are already on the Nazis' flank. So they uh, they get on top of this huge uh, howitzer cannon that's uh, built into, um, you know, the, the wall there into the ground and they attack, uh, firing down into, into the bunker. Um, and then we cut to uh, a panel and we see a, a, a Nazi soldier's hand just kind of resting out a window. So obviously, you know, there's a bunch of dead soldiers here. Corp, it looks as if the Jerry's must be planning an invasion, but how do they expect to get away with it? What are you asking me for, soldier? The German high command ain't invited me to any of their bull sessions lately. Now let's go shoot us a cannon. Seconds later, the Munster howitzer blasts the area between Fury and the Nazis, setting up a temporary protective screen for the howlers. But unfortunately, and we cut to a panel, hey, Nick Fury with a half torn off shirt. Right. Yeah. That's a, a, I mean, a well-known panel right there, Rick. Is it really? Yeah. I've seen that on t-shirts. One would say it's t-shirt worthy. (laughs) Well, somebody said so. Yeah. Uh, It kind of reminds me of, uh, remember that, that Captain America? Gosh. Uh, I I remember that guy. Um, no, when we covered, was it 266, 267, I want to say it had a special appearance by, um, Nick Fury and Spider-Man. Remember? Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah. By, by Mike Zek art mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and like Nick Fury's shirt just kept, he yeah. was bare chested throughout most of that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say seen. that was, uh, it was, Yeah. It was 265 and 266. Mm-hmm. Um, that was episode 42. If you go back, listeners, if you haven't listened to episode 42, go do that. I don't remember. I think I was one of the earliest times I remember laughing so hard with Bob <laughs> during that episode. Uh, man, we had a blast on that you episode. Yeah. Rick, my, my shirt tears all the time. Uh, but it's generally it exposes my belly. So yeah, so I was gonna, I was, yeah. I was gonna say it's not the chest, right? <laughs> it's not the chest. Yeah. <laughs> <Boing>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
the, the luck drats. Mm. So, uh, and again, you know what? If you're into uh, war comics, combat comics, this is good stuff. It really is. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bunch of uh, soldiers and, you know, they're all comrades in arms. They all have their own distinct personality. Um, they're brothers in arms just helping each other out. Uh, so then, you know, they need to get on a train and there's only three of them left. Right. Uh, because uh, they, they couldn't stick around and wait for Dum Dum and Dino. Um, they had they had to keep moving. Um, so they leave those two behind and then they go up to the train and it's just the three of them, right? It's, it's, uh, Percy Fury and Rip. And then they're, they're about to get on the train, but Percy decides, uh, to stay behind and fire in, in, at the, uh, at the oncoming German soldiers that are chasing after them. And so, you know, Percy get moving. It's picking up speed. Come on, soldier. Sorry, old chap. One of us will have to keep these blighters from stopping you. And I'm deucedly good marksman, you know. Half a moment, chaps, if you don't mind. I can't let you pass without seeing your tickets. Regulations, you know. But I wouldn't fret if I were you. There's always another train coming along in a few minutes. Isn't that a comforting thought? Now, he's firing on them and killing them Mm -hmm. as he's saying all this. I say... You shouldn't have pointed that gun at me. No breeding at all. How's Percy, Sarge? That little limey's all howler. No wonder Britain's lasted so long with guys like him around. And then they get onto a train car and they see a bunch of um, men that are disheveled. And they're all kind of sitting around and one of those train cars, you know, that's like a storage boon. This isn't a train car with, you know, nice seats and tables. No, this is this is like, uh, you know, a storage car. It's a cargo. It's a yeah. It's a it's a it's a it's a cargo hauler, right? Hey, look what we got ourselves into! It's a cattle car filled with slave labor for the Nazis. I don't understand, Sarge. Why we hop this little old train? Where are we all going? According to Happy Sam, Captain America found something important here about the Nazi buildup and wanted our help. This train's heading smack dab into the heart of the big buildup, and that's where we're bound to find what we're looking for. Man, look how wretched these poor folks are. I sure hope we can help them, yeah? Yeah, kid, I hear. And then Steve Rogers, who is as one of the, the members on this train, Soldier, you better jibe your weapon before the guards come by. They'll be here any minute. Huh? Look, mister, did you think I was born yesterday? I ain't. Hey, I saw you somewhere before. You were the G.I. Bull McGivy was having a hot time with in the pub. What in blue blazes are you doing here now? Uh, my company was ambushed by the Jerry's a few hours ago. I'm one of those they caught. I declare, y'all were in England a few days ago. And no new companies were sent over here since. Just then, a sudden interruption occurs. And it's a Nazi soldier with a 
uh, younger, you know, like one of those Hitler youth group, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. Achtung! I am putting a member of their Hitler Jürgen in charge of you. You will obey his every order. Talking is verboten. What does verboten mean, Bob? Forbidden! Yes. You heard what that upper lieutenant said. You will not say one word. Even whispering is forbidden. Do you understand? Sure, sure. How come you talk English so good for a young Nazi punk? I said silence! So finally, the train reaches its destination, a site of frenzy construction activity known as Operation Einfall. What does that mean, Bob? Uh, apparently, according to Stan, it means Operation Invasion, which clearly doesn't, from an OPSEC perspective, not the not the most clever. <laughs> kind of gives away, huh? <laughs> gives the whole idea away, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know operation we're breaking into the <laughs> the bank <laughs> oh oh good one oh, yeah, good good yeah. yeah they're building some kind of giant tunnel this is why the area is so guarded this is the reason for the big buildup. it can only mean one thing a secret invasion tunnel to Britain you the blonde American soldier Step out of ranks. Schnell! I have work for you to do. Why don't you take me, squirt? I got a broader back. Or are you scared I'll step on you're not looking? Don't antagonize him, Sarge. These Hitler youth officers can be real mean. Why don't you take this, soldier? Maybe you can use a blanket where you're going. There's a chatter gun inside, pal. Grab it. I appreciate that, Sarge. But I don't think I'll need it. Good luck. I don't trust that that there Joe Sarge. There's more to him that meets the eye. Why wouldn't he take that old gun from you? Beats me, Reb. Well, we ain't got time to worry about that now. We got some planning to do. And then so uh, Steve and the Yahtzee and the Nazi youth go walking away. And the Nazi youth is high-stepping it. Yes, they're goose stepping it, right? Yeah, over to so their Yahtzee game. Yahtzee. <laughs> <laughs> My kids love Yahtzee. Yeah, it's a great game. Yeah, yeah. We sometimes we sometimes play. Uh, you know, Megan and I will play just two of us, and then sometimes we play with the kids. Uh-huh. And uh, I was I always liked it as in as they were younger because because it, it secretly teaches them math. Yeah, right. And you could win easier. Yeah. So we hated that that can that came with it because it, when you shake shake the dice, it really rattles, makes a lot of noise. Uh-huh. So you know what I use? A koozie. <laughs> well, it's soft and yeah. it doesn't make any noise. Right. Yeah. Clever. I know. Clever. I'm not all this, Bob. <laughs> not just a pretty face, folks. I got a funny story. Not a funny story. I have a sweet tender story about the uh the koozie we use for yahtzee it's a philadelphia eagles koozie Uh because that's my favorite football team okay i've heard that yeah now when i have my comic book store one of my good customers 
came in and had a very, uh, he had a young daughter, you know, she couldn't have been eight, seven, eight, nine, you know, around that time. And one day they come in and they have this koozie and, um, and I, you know, I was always trying to be good with the kids, right. You know, mm-hmm. I, if I occasionally give them a free comic or tattoo or sticker or something like that. Right. So she's not, not like a real tattoo, right? <laughs> Come out of the back, kid. I'm going to give you a tattoo. That's right. <laughs> Get the needle warmed up. <laughs> uh, you're going to be a Captain America fan forever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, they walk in one day and the uh, she gives me this Philadelphia Eagles koozie. And um, I was like, oh, well, thank you. And like, and and the dad's like, yeah, we uh we were playing one of those games where you know, the the crane goes down and you know you pull uh, something right? up, yeah. And they pulled up this koozie, and he's a Redskins fan, uh, and he was like, oh man, what am I gonna do with a with a Philadelphia Eagles koozie? I hate the Eagles. Yeah. And his daughter's like, Mister Rick likes the Eagles. We should give it to him. Oh. And then they came in and gave it to me. That's awesome. Isn't that sweet? And you still have it. I still have it. It's my it's my favorite Eagles koozie. Wow. All right. So um getting back to here, they're in the tunnel and they're um going off to work uh on a little car that's being, you know, going down a rail. And it's it's an impressive tunnel, Bob. I mean, you could fit a good looking tunnel. You yeah. could, you could fit a like a, I wouldn't say a ship, but some big boats through there. Yeah, well, it looks like it has a rail line going straight down the middle of that tunnel. So definitely, yeah. um, they're not walking. Right, and there's tons of troops walking through, but all of a sudden there's an explosion, and Captain America and Bucky show up on there. It's Captain America. Grab your chopper, Reb. This is it. How'd you get here, mister? And what was that explosion? I just sealed off the main Nazi force. Now's our chance to destroy this tunnel, Fury. Come on, Bucky. We'll head for the forward section. How'd you know who I am, fella? And why'd you ask for Howlers to come out and help you? I saw you fight once before, and I liked your style, Sergeant. Yeah? Well, how come I didn't see you? I don't always wear this costume, Fury. It's likely that you did see me, and I didn't know, and didn't know who I was. And just in case you can't put two and two together, that should have been a big freaking clue. Well, Fury's not the sharpest knife in the drawer at this point in his career. Acton! Acton! Forward section! Saboteurs and tunnel! Held them off! Schnell! Schnell! <laughs> Seconds later at the forward section. Here they come! Fire! Artillery up ahead! Jump! And uh, they got some big ass guns there, Bob. Yeah, those are some serious howitzers. Yeah, and they're firing. Uh, so they uh, they jump off the 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 little rail car uh, at the last second. Um, okay, Cap, this is Pager. Let's see if you're as good as your rep. Are you kidding, Sarge? Why, Cap can easy, Bucky. We'll try not to disappoint the sergeant. Hey, did you lose your marbles, Cap? You're charging right towards a heavy field piece. Not right towards it, Sarge. Cover us, and you'll see what I mean. 
And in the next panel, they have Bucky and Cap running in like figure eights to avoid yes. the fires. That's what they teach you, right? Do they? No. I was going to say. <laughs> no, they do not. There was a movie. Oh, gosh. Uh, I can't remember the name of it. It had Chevy Chase in it. It was in the 80s, and he played an arms dealer. Did you oh, ever see right, that right. movie? I, yeah, I know. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And I just remember there was one scene where, you know, he got shot in the foot, and, and there's a somebody wearing a cast, and then it was bleeding, and then he put like a, a cork in the, in the <laughs> cast, uh, whatever. But there was this one particular scene where, um, they were being fired on and, and he was telling them how to run away from the fire. Uh-huh. And the guy did it. They ran behind the car and he was like, you know, run like this. And he did like a, like a figure eight to like, don't right. Right. Yeah. and then the other guy just kind of ran and went behind the car. He goes, no, you didn't do it right. Go back and do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and they needed to go back out <laughs> where he was getting fired. Anyway, that scene always stuck with me. And then when I saw this panel, yeah. I was like, Oh my God, that's totally that movie. That's it. That's it. It's the, yeah, it's the zigzag figure eight uh, strategy. Holy Hannah. I never saw running like that. Uh, so then, the German soldier throws a grenade, which uh, Cap takes it and just jams it into the cannon's mouth. But there's an explosion before he can get away from it and, and kind of stuns Cap. So Sergeant Fury and Bucky go over and grab him. And at that point, he's impressed Fury. Cap, I got to hand it to you. You're okay in my book. No time for talk. We've got to separate now and blow up the entire tunnel. There's a detonator hidden somewhere in the forward end to be used in case the British discover the tunnel. One of us has to find that detonator and use it. There are frogman hatches leading up to the channel above us. With luck, you'll be able to escape. And what about you and the kid, Cap? We have other things to do. Mister, I owe you a real apology. Forget it. We have a tunnel to blow up. Let's go. And so they separate, Cap and Bucky veering off through one fork while Fury and Reb take the other. And so we follow Fury and Reb, right? Because this is their book, their story. And um, they start to get uh, outnumbered by a bunch of German soldiers who have them dead to rights. And just then there's a big explosion. And that's when, you know, the, the water starts caving in. That means Cap found the detonator. Don't just stand there, soldier. Get up the hatch faster. What about you, Sarge? Y'all follow right behind me, hey? Don't stop for anything. Go, Reb, go. And so all the long months of Nazi preparation are destroyed in one split second as Operation Einfall comes to an end forever. And then we cut to a, a, an explosion. It looks like a photograph. It does, yeah. It's, it's it's definitely one of those instances where they have uh, woven a real photograph into uh, a comic. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe it's a little uh, artisized. Yeah. I'm just coming sure. up with all kinds of words. Yeah, in this it's, episode, it's definitely right? is, it's slightly artisized. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe the smart assery. I don't know. <laughs> So the next day at the base hospital, um, they're walking in, the commandos are walking in and they get to um, Nick Fury and 
um, Reb, who are all bandaged up and they're sitting in a hospital beds and um, they're coming in to greet them and, and who's standing there, but uh, the captain is right. Uh, happy Sam. Fiori, Reb, you're both okay. Yippee. Oh, uh, sorry, Captain. I didn't know you were here. As you were, dum-dum. Come in, all of you. Fury and Ralston were both lucky. They've only got superficial injuries. Hey, where's old Gabe? Did he make it back okay? Gabe is fine, Fury. But the medics want him to stay in bed a few more days till his leg heals. Too bad rest won't do your head any good. Well, somebody's got to take care of the chicken scratching war while you excuses for soldiers do your gold bricking around here. As you were. And he leaves. Wahoo! We made it all back safe. Blowing up the invasion tunnel was all in the papers. You guys are real natural born heroes. I say, is anything wrong? You chaps look so terribly gum. Hey, I, I just thought, what happened to Captain America? Did he make it out with you in time? I don't know, dum-dum. We never saw him again after he blew up the tunnel. But I'm sure as Blaze is hoping he made it. That Joker is the most man I ever met. And his young psychic, Bucky, also... Hey, young psychic, that German boy. I wonder... Nah, I must be cracking up. Tell, Sarge, what is it? Yeah, what's on your mind? Hey, less noise in there, you guys. This is supposed to be a hospital. And somebody's banging on the, the other side of the, the wall. Who's the nut knocking on the wall in the next room, Sarge? I don't know. The rumor mill says it's a couple of VIPs being kept under wraps for the high command. And who's in the next room, Bob? It's Steve and, uh, and Bucky. Yeah. Fury must be a changed man. I was sure he pushed down the wall to reach us. Maybe it's just as well. You might not fool him next time. You're right, Bucky. I can't take the chance of him realizing that the quiet rookie he helped out in that pub is really Captain America. We promised you the old Captain America brand of action from the golden age of comics, didn't we? Well, and remember, Cap appears every month in Tales of Suspense, so don't just stand here. That's an order. The end. There you have it. A fan favorite tale. Yeah. And like I said before, if you want to catch Cap's version of this story that fills in the blanks and how he got to where he did and where the explosion came from and all that. Yeah. Check out cap 383. All right. I will. All right, Bob. So next episode, uh, I'm all screwed up here, Bob, but we are going from 1964 to 1971. Why do I sound like Casey Kasem? That's right. In, 106 in 1971. Uh, we're going to do Captain America 137, 138. What's special about that, Bob? Spider-Man. Yeah. We're going to have Spider-Man, Spider-Man. I haven't read that one in a long time, Rick. But I've always, uh, that's one of the, co- I, I love that, that, I think 137, right? 137? Yeah, 137. That's uh, a very iconic cover of yeah. Captain Spider-Man and Falcon. Yeah. So. Yeah, and this is when uh, the book was known as Captain America and the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're going to do that. Uh, then, Bob, following that, 
and 107. We're going to go to 1987. Do you see what we're doing here, Bob? We're going from the 60s to 70s to the 80s. There seems to be a method to your madness. Uh, it is. Yeah. Should I, uh, you know, I'm not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell the listeners what 107 is going to be. You'll have to come back to 106 to find that out. Mm. But it is uh, in 1987. And if you know when the episode is coming out, you might have a clue as to what the story could possibly be about. Oh, Why not? It's a mystery wrapped in an enigma. Where's that from? <laughs> you know, I, I don't know, right? But the mystery wrapped <laughs> in an enigma, puzzle wrapped, I don't know. I'm just I know, yeah, one, right? Yeah. I'm and looking right. that up. Hold on. Oh, that was Winston Churchill. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Um, in 1939. How about that for timing? Yeah. Yeah. If you had said, it's a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma. Mm-hmm. You know what Steve would have said two years later in 1941? I got that reference. There you go. Yeah. You go. Uh, Winston Churchill. Uh, that's, that's no ham fat. Uh, uh, Winston Churchill used that uh, when he was talking about Russia. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. How about that? Yeah, how about that? All right, Bob. Well, as always, it's been fun wrapping cap with you. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. We're not doing favorite panel? <laughs> Didn't you just say at the beginning? Not on air. we don't have to do it you can cut this out it's funny like when i prepare for this we don't do it Uh i don't prepare for it all right bob what is your favorite panel all right well i'm going with uh you're like one of those (laughs) stupid you're you're yeah listen you're one of those students that you know the, the, the teacher doesn't collect homework. The teacher, the teacher doesn't collect homework. But because you actually did the homework, yeah. you're like, uh, oh, teacher. Teacher, oh, teacher, are you going to collect homework? And then, and then, and then all the other teach- students are like looking at you like, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and that's what you're doing right now. You're, oh, like, you know, you're like, oh, I, I actually prepared for this. Hey, Rick, Indeed. are we going to do this? <laughs> Excuse me, teacher. Oh, my goodness. Go ahead, Bob. All right. I was going to say my favorite panel, mm-hmm. page 11, th- that center panel of, uh, you know, Cap uh, beating up a bunch of uh, Nazi soldiers, mm. soldiers flying in all directions. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's throwing the shield. It's a melee. I love that. That's a great panel. Indeed. Rick, um... did you have one? Um, is that the one, uh, where he's, he's doing the uppercut with his left hand? Uh, no, no, he is bent over. Uh, he has just thrown the shield. Actually the shield is, I think is still on his arm. I don't know where you're at. Then. Yeah. Page 11. It's a, it's a center panel page width. Page. Uh, is it, is that page 11 in, uh, Marvel Unlimited or actual page 11? Actual page 11. So that would be page... It'd be page 12 here. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
That's a swell one. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Mm. Uh, I'm going to go with um, the page before, second panel, the one where he's he's flipping one German soldier and he's Mm. giving an uppercut uh, with the left one. And I like it because it reminds me of like a, a Batman it does right yeah. because it even got, has the yeah yeah that's what i'm saying where yeah. he's punching the guy in the face there's mm-hmm. a sound effect and it's like whoop w-h-u-p exclamation point and a starburst so that that's very yeah like yeah i like yeah. that that's, yeah. that's my favorite panel and I, I do i was disappointed in the in the, ex- the, the the panel that comes right after that you know you talked about the guy the nazi firing the rifle grenade yeah i didn't i didn't get to say between <laughs> Oh, well, maybe next time. Uh, If only you like didn't need to be cute and could just do it on your own. (laughs) If If only, only. if only, yeah. If only. All right. T-shirt worthy. Ah, T-shirt worthy. Gosh. uh, You're not prepared. I am. I'm going to go. It's not your uh, turn, by the way. We go back and forth. How many times have we done this, Bob? Right? Good. Well, good point, Rick. I was just trying to give you a little breathing space. Well, I still haven't figured it out. Oh. <laughs> I just want to give you a hard time. Uh. You know what? I think it's T-shirt worth, Bob. I'm going to go with the cover. There you go. Boom. Oh. Boom. Wow. Mic drop. Yeah. That, that, would, be a great, that would be a great, great T-shirt, actually. What color yeah. t-shirt do you want that on? Uh, you know what? Uh, it's a good one. That's a good question. Um, you know, because it has a lot of red in it, right? Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I, I'm thinking like a, maybe the same color blue as Captain America's uniform to kind of mm-hmm. like pull it out. Nice. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be good. Yeah. That'd All be right. good. All right. Nice. I'm going with uh, page seven. That's so, my uh, that's my impersonation of you, by the way. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, page seven. That 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 single panel of Captain Bucky on the motorcycle. You know, mm-hmm. right from the right from the front. You know, the front view. I I'm always fascinated. I I love pictures of cap on motorcycles mm-hmm. um, and particularly world war two motorcycles. So, mm-hmm. uh, and with Bucky, you know, on the back. So uh, I wouldn't want all the extraneous stuff around him, you know, the debris, but just, just the motorcycle with cap and Bucky on it, I think would be great on a t-shirt. All right. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do for your time capsule? Betty Grable. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, but that was mine. <laughs> you know i i did a little research on betty grable you know uh-huh. she, she had back in the 30s 40s she was of course one of the most famous movie stars did about 42 movies during that mm-hmm. those uh, two decades mm-hmm. uh she was the wealthiest american businesswoman uh in no by the late 1940s kidding. but the number one photograph pinup poster in world war ii was the one of betty grable i'm sure you remember it where she is basically she's in a white bathing suit and there it's a picture of her from behind and she's looking over her right shoulder full Mm -hmm. body image and the reason they did it that way she was pregnant at the time oh so they were trying to hide her her uh her visible pregnancy 
And so they took it from behind. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. That's yeah. a little trivia there. I did not know. Yeah. That. yeah. I, I loved Betty Grable in uh, the Flintstones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was one of some of her best work. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah her and Wilma. That yeah. was great. Right. Good stuff. Fred Astaire. Yeah. Yeah. They're all great. uh all right uh time capsule for me i'm gonna go with the opening splash um because it's it's a newsreel and you know there's there's people in the audience watching a black and white newsreel of what's going on during world war ii Uh i think it's very very typical that time period right right um so yeah i'm gonna go with that one that's no ham fat Actually, that's a very derogatory term. Um, what is? I'm actually surprised. Ham fat? Yeah. Uh, I'm very surprised that Stan Lee uh, used it in this context uh, and in the comic. So, um, and it really doesn't. It what really does it not, mean? Well, I don't really want to say. Uh, <laughs> You're going to make all our listeners yeah, Google folks, ham fat. Folks and can now, Google it. Now it's going to be on their on their uh, on their history, their record. <laughs> They're going to be like, oh, exactly, right. So it doesn't really fit in with the context, I don't think, anyway. Uh, so it, it seems an odd word choice, but it might be one of those where, like you said, um, they were trying. You know, Stan might have been trying to pull old lingo and use it to make it sound authentic but i think he might i think he might bone this one up so <laughs> there's a little foobar huh it's a little foobar yeah 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 look that up folks yeah. <laughs> all right bob can i can i can i end the show now sure can okay yeah uh all right he's bob lucius i'm rick Verbonis, and you have been listening to another episode of the captain america comic book fans podcast 